skeletal forms burn toxic green. Vacant eyes lit with everlasting hellfire. Holding the microphone makes me laugh. Like I'm like I'm here for a stand-up. Like I just flew in last night. Boy, are my yeah. arms tired. <laughs> Don't forget to tip your waitress. All right, are you ready? Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Let's Watch Scary Movies. As always, we are your hosts. I am Caitlin. And I am Jenny. And should I say your horror hosts? Horror hosts or hoary hosts? Both, both apply. A little from column A, a little from column B. <laughs> Happy November. It is. It's November. The Christmas adverts are starting. Oh, my gosh. Did you watch the John Lewis one? Yeah, I watched it last night and I cried. Oh, my God. I cried. And I thought, I'm not going to cry. This is bullshit. This is capitalism yeah. at its finest. I'm not going to cry. And then I totally cried. Yeah. And then I, like. and then I thought, I want to foster kids. Because the whole, for those who yeah. haven't seen it, the whole advert is about, you know, how many kids are in the system in the UK, which is very true and a really interesting and worthy cause that John Lewis has chosen to highlight. And I'm immediately like, I should foster children. <laughs> Could you imagine? <laughs> There's not like a worse idea. But in that moment, I mean, John Lewis really got me. <laughs> yeah, really got me too. I was like, oh, I'm just good. And I was watching it and I'm like, meh, meh. All right, whatever. And then, yeah, by the end, I was just like bawling. At first, I'm like, you can do it. You can skateboard at any age. Just talk to Tony yeah. Hawk. And then it went like a different direction. But I mean, yeah. I mean, last time we were talking, because I've missed you, by the way. I've um, missed you too. Last time we were talking, we were in full hollow, the throes of Halloween. And now, mm -hmm. now we're in November. And I'm not ready for Christmas. Sorry. Despite the uh, John Lewis uh, Christmas advert. No, no, no. We haven't even gotten through Thanksgiving. And that's very important. Speaking of Thanksgiving... Will I be expecting the joy of your company here? <laughs> I, I, well, I wasn't sure if you were even going to be in the country because you're often not these days. And <laughs> I have a horrible feeling that it's going to coincide with a very big event that I am doing. So, Can you speak of said event? Oh, it is a um, well-being fair. I'm got quite a stall at a big well-being market in Nottinghamshire at the last weekend in November. Edwinstow at Sherwood Forest. Amazing. Although I can't believe they let you in there. It's really surprising. <laughs> Why? <laughs> I just feel like I think about well-being as sort of crunchy granola. And I know that's a stereotype and I shouldn't. And then there's you like with your witchiness and you're like, rum. <laughs> and <I'm just> like, <laughs> you're like, can we drink rum during this yoga? I mean, which I would totally do. Oh, drunk yoga. It improves your flexibility. It does. Or it makes you think that it improves your flexibility. Until the next day when you can't move. The power <laughs> of the mind. <laughs> the power of tequila. <laughs> no, I'm sure that's a perfect fit for what you do. Because your company is amazing. And you should totally just shout it out really quick. Because Jenny Raven Studios makes beautiful jewelry. And I'm super excited to get my rings yes. that I have commissioned your, Jenny to your make. Your rings are about two-thirds done actually and um, i just haven't had time to sit down and finish them uh no rush but i am super excited because then i'll have like the power of all the rings the power like of the rings movie. <laughs> not the one ring but all the rings in one all the rings are you talking oh, oh there was a marvel film with all the rings yeah it was called like the 10 rings of something somebody in their 10 rings alan yeah, I, think... I think he was called alan a alan, alan, and, his alan and his 10 rings that rings a bell yeah that was definitely it was either Alan or Nigel, one of the two. Alan or Nigel and his ten rings. Hang on. Yeah. What was it called, Andy? Uh, Shang-Chi. Shang -Chi. I was close. I think I, I'm. you were very close with Nigel. Nigel, Shang-Chi. I actually prefer Nigel. <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> Nigel's a great he's sort name. Of, he's sort of bookish. Back. Yeah, yeah, agree. <laughs> I think of um, Nigel as a very English name. It is, but it's a very English in the like eighties. Yes, very, I can yeah, see like, that. You don't yeah. see any like the the last kind of generation of men 
called Nigel, I think, were probably born in the born in the uh, the early eighties, if not before. <laughs> speaking of, yes. Speaking of men, let's talk about men, baby. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Fucking. I men. love to talk about men. Fucking oh right, men. sorry, I forgot. Yeah, God. No, we can talk about men in a good way, but we're talking about today. We're talking about Alex Garland's film, Men, which. So no. this movie came out in 2021. Is that right? I believe it was. No, it came out this year. Um, was I think. It? Yeah, I think it was released early in the year in America and a little bit later over here. I think it was. But the thing is, with like all release dates, they're all they're still all fucked up from COVID. So films that would normally have gone to like film festivals and then pretty much immediately come out are taking a little bit longer. So I think sometimes the release dates don't actually match up to when they were released to cinemas gotcha. and things. Okay. So yeah, yes. it was this and year. I, this year. And I remember seeing um trailers for it and thinking, ooh, I really want to see this movie. Me too. And I and I sort of liked that you just didn't know that much about it, except there's a lot of Rory Kinnears in it. A lot of Rory Kinnears. <laughs> and it makes it sort of begs the question, can you ever have too many Rory Kinnears? And I think this I movie mean, is living proof that no, you can never Rory have Rory Kinnear is great. Rory Kinnear is great. I saw him seen him multiple times in the theater um because he is predominantly sort of at least i thought until recently a theater actor and so he i went to see him in a franz kafka adaptation can't remember which one it wasn't metamorphosis it was something else and he was just extraordinary in it i mean really really captivating so he is an excellent actor yes definitely. i've seen him in he was in penny dreadful did you watch that Mm-mm, no. Yeah, he was really good in Penny Dreadful as, like, the creature, like, Frankenstein's creature. I remember you recommending Penny Dreadful, but no, I've not I've not seen that yet. And, of course, he's in the more recent James Bond films. He works for MI5. I've forgotten who he plays. Do you plays. know, I always, I always thought it was pronounced M15. <laughs> <laughs> the motorway. I always read the I as a one. I was like, there's M16, M15, the M25. Yeah, no, no. Good to I, know. Good to yeah. know. I'm trying to think <laughs> what else he's been in. He's been in quite a lot of, like, British TV. I mean, he's brilliant. And Jessie Buckley, who plays the female lead in this uh, movie, she's brilliant as well. And she's yeah, an she's English great. actress who's, she's been in a bunch of stuff. She has such a distinct look. I just love her look because it's not it's not conventional and you no. just there's something about her that feels almost familiar like you could yep. have met her somewhere and I and I really love that quality about her as an actress. Mm -hmm. But yeah, so full disclosure, Jenny and I watched this in when when did we watch it? September, Was it September? Maybe? Yeah, so look, it's been a long time ago and I'm not going to lie, even when I watched this film immediately afterwards I was like I have no idea what that was. Like, I couldn't really explain the plot to you then. So I'm not going to lie, six weeks, eight weeks later, it's no clearer. <laughs> this episode, I'm not sure what I'm going to talk about in this episode. I can tell you what I, you know, remember of the film and what I've got written down. And Well, let's give it, let's sort of do a non-spoiler review. So, so what would you, how many Rory Kinnears did you give men? I gave, well, how many Rory Kinnears? I do have it written down. Hang on, let me just go to my notes. I drew, I, I drew little actually, Rory Kinnears. I drew little Rory Kinnears. I drew different. Yeah, hang on, I'll show you mine. I drew little Rory Kinnears and an apple. And I actually gave it like three and a half. I gave it three Rory Kinnears and an apple. <laughs> I love that all your Rory Kinnears look different. So do mine. Yeah. Like one has a hat, one's got like a bow tie. <laughs> yeah, and one of mine's got a hat, one of mine's like a little boy one, and one of mine is like a vicar. So I actually wrote in my notes. I don't know, and I could tell that I wrote it in a lot of frustration because it's like scribbled like really angrily. And then I wrote maybe four Rory Kinnears, question mark. And I think at the moment I'm going to stand by four because the thing that I liked about this film, and again, this is kind of spoiler free, you know, should you, shouldn't you watch it? And I would say absolutely watch it because I oh, think absolutely watch it. the sound is brilliant. Some of the visuals are really striking. I mean, they have stuck with me. Like some of that, those final scenes, which we'll talk about in the breakdown, I mean, have not left my mind no <laughs> and do I, and i may not know exactly what it's about but i think in some ways it's kind of an allegory and i think it's also 
a meditation in trauma in some ways yeah. as a woman. And I think that that has become a very common theme in horror lately. I know we've talked previously about how hereditary and Midsummer, and well, obviously Midsummer. that's Ari Aster. It's a very Yeah, Ari but Aster Midsummer, thing, like but... Men is um, an A24 horror film from the A24 studio, as was Midsummer, as is X, which is the other one we were, we were talking about doing today. Yeah, um, I haven't seen yet. So they're all from the same producers. There seems to be a theme, especially when it comes to like the images and things. That there are always images in these films that stick with you. Agree, and I and I do wonder if that's a conscious choice to create a sort of collection of films that use this. I think that it can be a fine line when you are essentially capitalizing on trauma, uh, particularly gender-based trauma, like things things that women get that men tend to not. And I think this film did that really well. Uh, but yeah, it is definitely a, the a, a running theme in horror movies in general in the last few years. Even something like if you think about like The Witch, right? Which that's Robert Witch Eggers, and it is also an A twenty four film. <laughs> okay, well there you go. But <laughs> I mean, I don't know that A twenty four is like plotting this intentionally. But I mean, it's a lot of horror based around trauma. And even what was the other one we did? Relic, um, about the woman, the older yeah. woman, sort of losing her memory. I mean, that is also trauma. Now that can strike any gender, of course, but. But again, a film specifically talking about three generations of women, and you yeah. know, so I've actually just looked yeah. up like A twenty uh, on um, IMDb. There's a list of all A twenty four horror movies ranked, and some of these I didn't even realize. But it's almost like reinforcing what we were just saying. So, The Lighthouse, Hereditary, uh, Midsummer. I mean, there's other ones. Well, The I'm Lighthouse not... is is also Robert Eggers, and that is very male dominated yeah but, i mean yeah uh yeah like midsummer the killing of a sacred deer the witch saint maud x oh yeah yep. yeah like it comes i, I night, love x men. and i really do want to i really do want to review that and then what was the one that you said just a minute ago? um wait go back rewind rewind uh right uh toss oh the killing of a sacred deer yes. obviously that i really loved that one who's the director for that one he also uh, did the lobster i believe starts with a y i think yeah yorgos lanthimos yes i believe he's a greek director and he also did the lobster which was yes fantastic them, but... the way his mind works is just something else but we've gotten completely off topic but we have the point the point is we're we're here yet again with another film about a woman's trauma being exploited and the horror that brings into her life and so there is a part of me that's kind of like okay i am i live in a female body and so day to day i have to deal with certain things and so i do feel like this can become exhausting it's part of the reason that i don't watch handmaid's tale yeah like, I live. I live that. I don't need to watch it. But yeah. I'm exactly um, the same. I've never watched it because I'm like, oh, no, real yeah, life is, is depressing enough. Exactly. <laughs> so I will say that you know, there's that part of it. And so if you are exhausted by this as a female, then I would say, okay, maybe this one's not for you. But overwhelmingly, I would recommend it. And I think that it is a very interesting film that does leave lots of room for interpretation and discussion and and i like that i appreciate that in this one yeah and i also really appreciate the folk horror aspect of this film it's mm -hmm. set in a rural english village it has a lot of like the ancient kind of woodland creeping in you know invading the the, the sanctity which we've talked about before of you know where you think is safe but the old old nature is coming back back in and the power of, of the na of nature so i really like that as well i'll try and give a spoiler free plots synopsis i guess okay uh, can you hard. do it can you do it in haiku format no <laughs> <laughs> is my about... answer to that i can't remember how many syllables are in a haiku it's like three, then five, then three, then one, or something like that. I don't know. But what about two sentences? Woman has, woman has trauma. <laughs> Rory Kinnear is everyone. <laughs> Fuck that noise. Wow. There we go. I did it. Bam. <laughs> Perfect. And we have our liner note description. Done. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, should we get into it? Let's right. But we do need to give some sort of a mini synopsis so that people understand what oh, it I is. Oh, I thought that was great. <laughs> you thought that was great. That's literally, yeah. I mean, what else can you say? That's exactly what happened. Yeah. Okay. Woman goes to 
uh, stay in a very nice old manor house in the in the country for two weeks she is uh, grieving and suffering you know quite a lot of trauma from something involving her husband mm -hmm. and everyone she's just uh, comes across while well, her time in this village comes across a lot of men we only really see one other woman in this film in the village and all the men are played by Rory Kinnear including from like young boy you know little boy all the way to like old man no one seems to have any issue with this and creepy weird <laughs> shit starts yeah that's the plot yeah there, with I no mean, spoilers okay done, i get it my, my, my haiku did cover it i'm sorry <laughs> <laughs> let's get into it let's do it now it's time for a breakdown i'm still giggling at your haiku <laughs> oh <laughs> i mean we, so, we could just repeat that ad nauseum and we don't actually have to get into it oh but we do because i actually have questions i want to ask you about your thoughts on certain things because mm -hmm. i do feel like it's one of those films where you it's kind of all down to your interpretation to some extent and i and i and so that i'm very interested to hear yeah like what you thought i have yeah. actually i should do a little shout out here i have a, a, a good friend of mine his name's brendan and he actually asked me he's like have you seen this film and i don't know if he was the first one to show it to me or if i'd seen the trailer or whatever and and he he actually really wanted to be on the episode to talk about it which might have been quite an interesting thing because he is like a straight you know male person um and so his probably interpretation of this would be very interesting and different to hear than ours but alas we are forging ahead with yes. just us <laughs> but yeah but it will be interesting to hear sort of from you our listeners who have seen the movie particularly those who are male you know particularly cisgendered males i think yeah it would be interesting to hear your thoughts i don't think this movie paints all like all men are trash it doesn't do that but it gives you different iterations of men's entitlement i think yep. to women's bodies their time um their emotional labor and so that is a really and it was presented in a very intriguing and sort of fascinating way yeah but yes to the beginning we go so it the the movie opens with she named jesse oh no no she's no she's, she's called yeah, harper. Her name's harper harper marlowe and she we kind of get this image of her she's a woman in her flat so her name is harper and she's looking out of her window and she sees a man falling past her window in slow motion. And he's like looking at her like surprised and shocked. And she kind of is looking back at him and it all happens in slow motion, like long lingering shots of his face and her face. And then we cut to her driving through the countryside. I can't remember what the music was, but I must've liked it because I've written awesome soundtrack. The soundtrack <laughs> is, it's worth mentioning straight out the gate that it's, really well done there's lots of synths and echoes and almost choir like sex. Yes, like a lot of using the human voice yeah exactly where they use the human voice in patterns and rounds it's very interesting and almost in some ways imposing on mm -hmm. some of the scenes um which really works yeah absolutely and yeah she's driving through the countryside she arrives at this country house and gets out the car and it's very beautiful there's like an um, apple tree in the garden and she walks up to the apple tree and she has this you have this great shot of her like stood with this big apple tree and she's kind of like silhouetted against it and she takes an apple from the tree and bites into it and immediately you know you're getting all of these connotations of woman falling by biting the apple and yes yeah, the biblical the biblical sort of, yeah, yeah. The, the fall of eve and we meet jeff jeffrey our first rory Kinnear. Rory Kinnear number one. Rory Kinnear number one. And <laughs> um, who is the owner of the house that she is, it's almost like an Airbnb scenario that she's renting from him. Yeah, basically. She's, uh, she's renting the house. And he, uh, she's sort of, he's showing her around the house and she's kind of nosing around the kitchen. It's all very beautiful. And he insists, like really, really insists on bringing her things in. Um, and so he comes off as sort of strange and a little old fashioned. Um, yeah, by insisting on like bringing her luggage, and he also makes some sort of um, weird comment about her eating the apple. No, you must never do that. Oh, shouldn't have done that. Yeah, yeah shouldn't have done that. And then he's like, "Oh, I'm just joking." And it's like, okay, that was like a weird power play. Yeah, the joke, the quote-unquote joke about the forbidden fruit. Yeah, was... and he also makes some sort of strange offhand comments like, "Ladies, do watch what you flush," which is just a very strange and 
again, like really old, like how old are you? Who even says that? So, and then he asks her about being a missus, which that was very awkward as well. Yeah. So he, cause she's booked the house under her married name, I think, which is um, like Harper Marlowe. Mm. And he's like, he's like, oh, where's hubby or something. And she kind of awkwardly explains that he's not around anymore. Um, and I think basically you find out at this point that her husband has, has passed away, but she says she finds it easier to pretend that he's alive and they're separated rather than him being dead. Yes. And I will say as well that this, this whole interaction with uh, Jeff yep. made me feel very uneasy. Very uneasy. Like yeah, I would so not want to be in that house alone knowing that he has access to it. And yeah. No. Yeah, you're immediately kind of on guard. And he does mention somewhere that he lives down the lane. And so he's not far. Yeah, um, and he, he gives her like this big old key to lock the house up. But he's like, oh, but no one in the village locks their doors. Ugh, so creepy. So she, so Harper then calls her sister or her friend. I wasn't, I wasn't sure. It's which her one. friend. It's her friend. Like her best her friend. Friends. Okay, and it, and then you kind of get this flashback, and you get, and it sort of fills in a little bit of the backstory with the husband here. So you kind of see that he's he's the one that was falling. Her husband. Yes, and that she's got a bloody nose. And you kind of get, like, is she divorcing him? He's kind of fighting for them, and he threatens to kill himself. Yeah, so they, It's a very intense argument. It's a very intense argument. So, yeah, she's basically telling her husband that she wants a divorce, and she's, yeah, so she's got, like, a bloody nose. And he says he'll kill himself, so she has to live with the guilt, which is a fucking awful thing to say to someone. And is something so horrific. That, yeah, I have had that from an ex before. I have also had that from an yeah. ex. Yeah, weirdly, not something I'd ever say. But no, same. Men and it seemed to feel like that's an okay thing to do. Yeah, and and he's and she says to him, and you get the feeling like I'm guessing he was abusive on some level. I mean, she's got a bloody nose, but you see later on what happened there. Yes, and so she says, "I am going to divorce you." Yeah. Um, and so then it's a very intense uh, flashback, and then you come back to the present day. Uh, and she's upset, you know, in the house. So she decides to go out for a walk and off she goes. And I did feel like, and I wrote this in my notes, it feels like she's headed somewhere. Like she knows the area or something like that. Like she she walks with purpose. See, I've just got written down at this point And I remember you see her like walking down this path through all these trees. So I really don't like this walk she's doing. Just watching a woman walking alone is giving me like such a strong sense of discomfort and unease because yes. I know if that mm -hmm. was me walking along that path in a place I don't really know alone, I would be very on edge and I would be very tense. But see, I feel like it's she finds a tree and she kind of is staring. She she seems momentarily transfixed, I think. And then it kind of starts to rain and you have this choral music and the sun is out. And even though it's raining, it's still daylight and she's in the forest. And you kind of do, I think, see, I took it sort of differently. It made it feel almost holy. Like it was like this religious moment for her. Mm -hmm. And so very temporarily, she seemed very calm and happy and almost at peace despite be being alone and then she sort of stumbles across this very foreboding tunnel it's like an old railway tunnel and you can see through the other side of it but i just immediately thought don't go in there no yeah. no, no 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 nope i even written down why would you go in there and but then she starts doing this weird thing when she's in the tunnel yeah she's playing like an echo game like when like you do when you're a kid um and she seems just delighted with herself yeah echo game she's having a great time and i will say as well i remember some of these shots because they're yep. very symmetrical so you've got sort of her in the tunnel framed by the shadow of the light coming through the other side really beautifully shot yeah and she's making these like noises it's like um uh, uh oh oh and then like play so it's not like she's just like yelling she's making these noises and obviously as it echoes it's repeating itself and like layering mm -hmm. which but the problem at this point i was just like i'm just waiting for an echo to come back that isn't hers i know it was really creepy i actually really really loved this part because it was so the the choral echo repetition was so disorienting in a way and yeah again you're just kind of 
on edge filled with tension waiting for something yeah. to happen and then of course at the other end you see another person sort of appear yeah. at the other end of the tunnel who seems to be shouting at her and kind of starts running after yeah her. like you hear this weird like screech slash scream from this like person all you can really tell is like a silhouette of like a man shape and yeah, see, i thought the... it might have been her i was having like I don't know. I was thinking about through the looking glass type thing. Like, yeah, yeah. Like a doppelganger. I wasn't sure, but she and gets it, freaked out. Yeah, because this thing comes like hurtling towards her. Yeah. <laughs> so she's running through the woods to get back to the house. She finds another tunnel, but it's bricked up. But there's like a door. Well, um, yeah. So she gets a little bit lost. And when she comes across this walled up tunnel, I was wondering, is it the same one? And she yeah. imagined it was open, but it's not. Is it a completely different one? And you can kind of hear similar echo sounds as what you heard before. Yeah. And so again, when you think about, because I think this is a very quite style, I don't think it's meant to be a straightforward story. So when I'm thinking no. about some of these things like reflections and mirrors and, you know, echoes, this idea of your sense of self and how you identify as a person, all of that sort of came to mind with this, the sound and the imagery. Yeah. I was really riveted at this point. I was really, really into it. So yeah, I, I was very very tense and very very uncomfortable but yeah mm. i was kind of scared and then she finds all these buildings and they they look abandoned and as she's walking you hear that crack of a stick and she stops and it's like is that person who was kind of chasing her are they there but you don't see anything else so she starts taking pictures of the buildings and when she looks up there's a man there looking at her Oh, so creepy. Yeah. But then you get yeah. this like flash, uh, flash image, and it's of her seeing her husband's body basically impaled on this like spiked fence mm, that was outside. Yeah. So when she gets, sees this man, brings this image of her husband her, as he was dead, as he was dying to her mind. Yeah. It, it, and it's also the area I almost thought, did she find her way back? But no, it was like you said, it was a different almost like tiny rundown village or there was just yeah, there was a few was houses. Like, it's hard to explain what, ex what exactly it was, but yeah, almost like she stumbled across this adjacent tiny little village or something. Yeah. I quite like that. It's almost like, yeah, like an old, maybe like the old remnants of like the, of the village before it got more modernized and moved and she's somewhere kind of in between that. So like her house that she's staying in is quite old. And some of the buildings that we see later on, like the church and things are very ancient. But then you go to the pub and it's, you know, not new by any means. But when she goes into town, maybe it's a little bit more, a little bit more modern than yeah. these old buildings. And they're just there and being reclaimed by the forest. Yes. And that is another theme that I really love. So, yeah. But she, so basically now she's, she's found her way back to the house and she's taking a bath and she is looking through the photos that she took and she zooms in on the photo to try and see the person, but you can't really tell. I mean, you can see that it's a man, but you can't really tell who it is. It's not anybody that we as the audience recognize. No. And at this point, and... I'm like, is he wearing a beige trench coat or a weird people coat? Because <laughs> it looks a bit weird. <laughs> it's like blending in. Yeah. So, oh yeah, she's playing the piano. There's She can play the piano, like, very beautifully, actually. Yeah, and I think at the beginning when um, Jeffrey's showing around and there's a piano, and he says, do you play? And she says, No. And then, because I've got written down at this point, it's like, why did she lie? She said that she couldn't play. And it's like, did she not want him then to expect her, like, oh, play for me then? Right. That's a good shout. And actually, it may have been just, he was probably giving her the creeps and she yeah. didn't want him to have information That's what I mean. Like, she didn't, or, yeah, yeah, she didn't want, didn't want him to be like, oh, I'd love to hear you play. And then, you know, she feels too polite as this is To say house. no. Yeah, yeah, to say no, which is Ugh. a very familiar... Another. Which is a very, it is, it's yeah. a very sort of a female thing that we do to accommodate, you know, to make others around us feel safe and okay by being polite and yeah. just generally accommodating them. And it's, it's Even annoying. if it's something we don't want to do or, you know. Yeah, we feel obliged to do it. I think it. sometimes it's, it's because we're scared of what will happen if we don't. For sure. Like, she yeah. doesn't know this guy. She doesn't know how, how he's going to react if she says no to him. So it's safer just to lie and say oh no i don't play and then you've got this scene which scared the shit out of me to be honest she's yep. 
she's on a work call and she's kind of walking around the house and you see as in the audience sees but she does not a naked man walking around outside yep and looking into windows and so then she's kind of on the phone with her friend and she's giving a tour she's on like a video call with her friend giving a tour and finally she sees naked rory kinnear and he's all like i don't know torn up with scratches yeah, on his got, face like, got cuts and... on his face everywhere and the doors open the doors open oh my gosh i immediately was like clutching my pearls like yeah <laughs> shut the door lock it so she she does and this is something else i liked about her is that she tends to do the right thing like you don't she doesn't do the sydney prescott like thing where she's like you should be running out the front door instead of up the stairs. Like she yeah. tends to do the right thing in the moment. So that's helpful. <laughs> but she um, yeah, shuts the door, locks it, and he reaches his hand through the post box. So for our American listeners in England, you don't have a mailbox. You have a little slot on your door for the post. And he reaches his hand through it. Oh, my God. So creepy. Yep. Um, and then again, you have this another flashback. Yes. We have a flashback of, of the argument with her husband where basically you know she's saying that she that, you know that it's over and she wants to leave him and he gets so angry with her that he can't convince her to stay that he hits her he punches her yeah, i he wrote because of i wrote because of phone but i can't remember yeah so basically she was saying that she wants to divorce and she was i think she was um oh that was it he doesn't react very well and she messages her friend who's the one that we see her talking to throughout the film saying that she's scared of him because of how he's reacting and he takes her phone off of her and goes looks through her messages and gets so angry that she's scared of him that he punches her in the mm -hmm. face yeah which you know that's that's great logic man yep yeah makes total sense yeah. so the policemen arrive quickly a little maybe a little too quickly i almost thought and of yeah. course one of the policemen is roy kinnear so this is roy kinnear number Three. three yep so yep. we've got naked Roy Kinnear's number two so here we have number three and a female policewoman is there as well which i think i think other than the friend and yeah, her this is, this is, is the only woman that i remember seeing in the film that wasn't her friend and she says she thinks that the naked Roy Kinnear is harmless um but yeah smelly. there's some like homeless guy yes yeah, it smells really bad um and then yeah they, they said oh maybe he maybe he's been like living out in the woods like he's you know like a crazy homeless man and he's living out in those old abandoned buildings and she disturbed him when she went out and was you know walking through that tunnel making all the noise and that's why he's been following her but still they arrest him take him away she's on the phone to her friend riley and riley's worried about her and she's like no it's okay i'm, I'm gonna go to the pub i'm not gonna stay in the house on my own i'll go to the pub so she walks to the pub and as she's walking like through the woods she finds this really old church now i loved this so much so it's clearly um, a pagan church right well, i mean right okay so no it's not but so she goes into this very old ancient church and there's like a font where they would put the water and the font has carved on it on one side it's the green man which if you know anything about especially kind of british um folk mythology the green man is like a, a god of the forest and he's made up of lots of leaves when you see him traditionally and on the other side is a, a deity called well she's called various things but um quite often known as sheila in a gig and she mm. is a very common um and it's kind of surprising to know that she's a common deity to see carved in churches in ireland and england because she's like this big woman with like big boobs and she's showing her vulva she's like got her vulva up and there are there's a lot of different mythologies about it but basically there are a few different academic readings of why she her she appears especially with the green man so much and they're both fertility symbols so what it was is they are they are pagan deities but when the when christianity was brought to britain they what they did quite often was they would build churches on top of ancient pagan pagan sites and temples like holy sites and, and temples mm -hmm. and things and so what they would do is quite often is they would have to incorporate some of the you know the deities that were locally worshipped to get the people on board because you know these people had been respecting and worshipping these 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 different deities and gods and nature spirits for you know generations and generations and they weren't just going to be like oh yeah let's you know 
fuck all this off. So the Romans, they built a lot of these churches on top of pagan temples and they included things like the Green Man and Sheila and Agig in their sites. And they were often used as like birthing, they were like fertility symbols. So they took it as like, oh yeah, you know, it will the ground, it will help the farmers and things like that. Because they're rural communities, they would have been farming communities. And that's what they had to do basically to get them on board with Christianity. Really interesting. And it's really interesting that they chose that specifically well, for this film. I, at this point, I kind of had an inkling where we were going with this film. And we did go there. Which is, say, say, say. Well, you know, you've got the man in the forest and things. It was definitely like green man, you know, nature, spirit type entity we were dealing with that was going to come into it. Well, and yeah, and I think there are lots of hints towards that for sure. Even like when we were describing the music, like this choral, yeah, you know, almost religious sounding. And, and again, I have written here at this part where she finds this font that it's the sound is just excellent. Yeah. I mean, it's so good. It almost sounds like her echoing noises coming back yeah. and which they do later in the film fully, but here it's kind of like the beginnings of it, but still sort of remixed as it were. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So, and then you have this, and I actually have in my notes, Jenny for holy water says Jenny. Yes. That is what a font is for. <laughs> yes. <laughs> the font is where they, where they keep the holy water for, you know, christenings and things like that and anointing. But yeah, it, it isn't unusual in older rural churches um, to find these images carved on the fonts. Or Love sometimes, so sometimes you'll find Sheila in a gig. And the Greek and the Green Man, but especially Sheila McGig carved on over doorways as a protection. Um, because there's a kind of history, if you look through back through certain artworks and things, of paintings of like demons or evil spirits being scared of women's like vulvas, basically. So there's a very mm. famous painting of a woman lifting her skirt up and like a devil being like shocked and horrified by this, you know, woman's crazy a vulva. Magic. No, nothing could be worse yeah exactly her crazy vagina um, magic. <laughs> yeah her evil vagina magic oh. well so so <laughs> yes thank you for that um professor jenny thank you so much yeah. so that was very i find that absolutely fascinating and the thing is I don't know that everybody would get these references when they're seeing a film like this. So no, even I... from me, like I got the pagan references for sure. And I got the green man references too, um, because that is a very common pagan tale, particularly in the UK, because I yep. think it originated here. So, yep. but yeah, so then you, you've got a flash, another flashback and you see that after Harper's husband struck her, she says terrible things and mm -hmm. pushes and pushes him out of the room. Yeah, she pushes him out of the flat basically and says he will never see her again. So yeah, all all the all the all the flashbacks we get of Harper and her husband, they're all take place from the same scene basically. They're all from this from a very short period of time, but you don't get it in order. So like we start off with him, we see him falling from the window, and then we get her, you know, already bloodied, saying that you know she wants a divorce, and then we go back to the scene where he hits her in the phone and then we jump after that word to after you know after she's told him she wants a divorce and he's hit her and she's kicking him out of the apartment which i quite like that it's not linear no I agree and like, then and even in the the kind of switching back and forth so she's she starts to scream yeah uh, like to call out really in the present day yeah and then you have this kind of yeah, where she's screaming and crying and they're switching back and forth between then and now. The editing here is fucking excellent. Yeah. I mean, the, the editing is just top notch. So yeah. it's really, really beautifully done. And you okay. notice that a priest sees her. Yeah, so there's a, a vicar around somewhere. Um, but yeah, she's she's screaming in the church and like you can just see her like anguish is palatable. She's so, mm. like just the trauma and things that like anguish is just filling her up and like leaking out of her and she comes out anyway of the of the building and she meets rory kinnear number four i think it's number four yeah the priest school boy. no 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 the schoolboy. oh the kid wearing a so, mask yeah so so you've seen the pre the priest briefly before this so i think this is number six 
Right. So it's, it's. I saw it was like a man child. Like that's what. Well, that's what it looked like because it's a young boy. You know, probably like a I don't know, eleven year old boy, say, and he's just sat outside the church and he's got this like weird plastic mask on, and he's like talking to her and he takes his mask off and it's Rory like Rory Kinnear's face superimposed onto like a child's. It's very, very disconcerting. <laughs> it's very and creepy. He's trying to get Harper to play hide and seek with him. And she doesn't want to. So he starts getting quite mean. Um, and here we go again. You know, a young a young male is like getting angry with her when she doesn't meet his expectations of what he wants her to do. And the vicar steps in um, and is like, she told you no, she doesn't want to play, maybe later. So he goes away and he's, the vicar like introduces himself. And again, the vicar is, yeah, is but again. Not before here. that little kid calls her a stupid bitch, which is yeah. like, oof. Yeah, bit harsh. exactly. But yeah, I was writing pastor too, and then I crossed it out, and I'm like, vicar. It's a vicar. Yes, yes. We're, <laughs> it's it's in England. It's a vicar. Um, and yeah, he is. He says to her, like, "You're in pain. You are tormented." So she starts to tell the vicar about what happened to her husband, and she explains that basically after she kicked him out of the flat, he pushed his way into the flat above them, and tried to climb down into oh, like in the neighbor's house, yeah, right, above right, them. Right. Yes, in the that's apartment. right got out onto the balcony and tried to climb down onto their balcony to get back into their flat but he slipped and fell or he let himself go she doesn't really know and the creepiest part of all is as he's falling they like lock eyes yeah and and she's saying to to him like to the vicar she's like oh and i you know it all happened so fast i don't know how you know i don't know how we would have possibly been able to lock eyes but i swear we did and then this is like the most creepy unsettling unnerving thing for me is the vicar after she you know she's confiding in him he's a very traditional right she's opening up about of, what happened yeah, yeah of being able to open up and you know having compassion and supportive and he says to her, he's like you must wonder why you drove him to it yes and she's like what and she went well didn't you let him apologize Men strike women. It's not nice, but it's not a capital offense. And and it's worth fuck? noting as well that right before he talks about her guilt, he touches her knee. Yeah. In a in a way that's I mean, I've had ex-bosses do this to me. I mm -hmm. don't know. It's like so creepy. Like a shoulder, fine. A knee, I don't know. So so yeah, he's he's yeah you're right he's basically like trying to i don't know he say he her. asks he blames her but he asks her something like if you had the chance to apologize like maybe he'd still be alive if you gave him the chance to apologize yeah he says something to that effect i actually wrote wow so she rightly tells him to fuck off yeah he's doing this thing with the bench where he's got his fingers like in between the slats of the bench and he's like fingering the bench yeah. Did you notice this? Yeah. It's so gross and so weird. Yeah. And then you've got these sort of uh, the images. It says a dandelion and, an, and a dead deer's eye socket. The yeah, body so decomposing. Like of, yeah. There's like carvings of nature spirits. And yeah, you have like the dandelions growing out of, yeah, like the decomposing deer corpse and, and things like this. And so you have some seemingly like disconnected imagery happening here. And so yeah. you see the body decomposing. And then you get this sound, this echoing sound um, of her name. Now it sounds like it's like her name in the font. So it's like yes. you keep hearing the sound and the camera keeps showing the, you know, the pagan font. Yeah. And then, and then you have an image of naked Rory Kinnear sitting in sort of a small clearing. Um, yeah. And he... And he puts a leaf in his forehead. Yeah, so he's like, cut, he's got like a mirror or something in front of him, and he he's cutting himself, or he cuts, yeah, like cuts something, and he cuts like a leaf out of his head, or does he put it in his head? I think he puts it in his head. I don't yeah. know. So yeah, it's like it he's becoming, he's like becoming the green man at this point. So, yes, and then you pub time. So pub now time. We're the, now we're in the pub, but this is a pub full of Rory Kinnears, which I can't think of anything more nightmarish. But Jeff, the landlord, is there from the yep. opening scene. And the bartender, who's also Rory Kinnear. So I've lost count at this point, but I think we're at like 10 Rory Kinnears. Yeah, like at this point, everyone. I, I think I might be Rory Kinnear at this point. <laughs> so the police the police are also there, because why not? It's probably the only pub in town. And they, she finds out that they've released the naked intruder. And the police are kind of trying to gaslight her a little bit. Like, kind of like... 
it's not that big of a deal. He's harmless. It's fine. Yeah, like we, ha we had no reason to hold him. Like, he didn't do anything, like, to harm you. He's just, you know, crazy old, like, crazy naked man. And she's <laughs> kind of put off by totally this. Totally so, Yeah, she's like, okay. Oh, and we have this, like, weird bit where, like, Jeffrey's been a bit creepy with her at the bar. So, because he calls her Mrs. Marlowe. And he's just, sorry, like, Miz. And then it's almost like he's kind of hitting on her. But in mm -hmm. like a really uncomfortable way. And yeah, so after this and you know, the incident with the police, she's just not doesn't want to be there. So she's like walking alone at night and she well, I did uh, th that's exactly what I wrote. I'm like, you're gonna walk home alone at night yeah. after all of this like spooky shit is going on. And sure enough, on the walk home, she does get spooked and runs the rest of the way home and locks the door behind her. Yep, she makes it all nice and cozy, you know, lights the fire and candles. And then, do you know what I like to see in my when I'm home alone in a in a house, strange house in the woods, that you know I'm already a bit creeped out and I'm kind of half being stalked by a naked Rory Kinnear. I like to see an axe appear in the living room. It's the one thing that was sort of missing. <laughs> yeah, the, you know, just a random from... axe appears. Mm -hmm. those, those are important but yeah. she, she, has, she has a phone call with her friend and she's she's like I'm going to leave which is the best thing she's ever said and her friend says you know what I'll be there in three hours I'm on my way yeah her friend's like look I'm going to be like when you wake up in the morning I'm going to be there and that way you can stay in the house you know you can have this break because she says about how much she really needed this like how much she mm -hmm. really needs this to kind of help her let go and process everything and so she wants to stay but she doesn't want to be there alone so her friend's like right I'm coming but this is the bit that I really didn't like. Every time she tries to tell her friend the address of where she's staying, the phone go like the line goes. She loses connection, the call fails. So then she texts the address to her friend and gets a reply that says, I already know where you are, you stupid bitch. Oh, so creepy. Yeah. Mm. <sighs> and then and then I feel like here's where it starts to break down a little bit in terms of reality because i think you've got moments where her narrative is sort of confirmed like did she really see the naked guy was he really there and then the police show up and arrest him right yeah. but then you've got this real blurring of fantasy and reality almost not just because everybody's rory kinnear which there's no reference to that oh right? no at no point all, in this film no anybody it. And I love this device. I really, really love it. Because obviously there's all kinds of connotations with it, right? Like in an overt way, it's symbolic of like saying in a sense that all men are the same. Like all men feel entitled, all men, you know. And then there's this whole movement happening, this counter movement to the Me Too movement, which is like not all men. Yeah. And I love that this movie written by a man, directed by a man, is kind of saying, at least in her eyes, in Harper's view, it is all men. Yeah. Yeah. And even if you like, or you could look at it like, you know, Rory Kinnear is the embodiment of toxic masculinity. Mm, and, yes. the entire, and and so every male has a bit of this like Rory Kinnear inside them. Because, you know, even <laughs> Which, the young one. Well, yeah, well, that comes to fruition later on too. That idea that <laughs> yeah, everyone uh, has a Rory Kinnear. Everyone, yeah, that really does. <laughs> they don't so hold she... back on that um but I yeah, think, this part... a bit heavy-handed with that metaphor in a bit. <laughs> yeah, just a bit. <laughs> but talk about some like visceral graphic imagery. But you know, sorry, we're skipping ahead. But yeah, so this stupid bitch, you already like you're you're so on edge already. I mean, I'm pretty much I've been on edge more or less the entire film. And so here mm -hmm. it just really starts to get kind of can't can't breathe, edge of your seat type shit. So essentially you get the lights go out. So she looks she, outside and she, she sees, sees a... the policeman, right? First of all. And he doesn't say anything. And she's like, hello, he doesn't say anything. The lights flicker and kind of go out and he's gone. And she's like, he disappears. Yeah. yeah. And don't forget there's apples. Like the apples in the yard start falling out of the trees. Yeah. So they're like, yeah, suddenly like all the apples are on the floor. And I think she's like, I think she's like screaming, like, why are you doing this? Thinking at this point that maybe like all the men are just ganging up to terrify her. And she does, like you said before, she does do the right thing. She grabs a knife. And there's this huge bang, and she goes into the kitchen, and there's a crow that has flown in the window that's caused the big bang, and it's injured. And good old well, Jeff, Jeff, the landlord, yeah, he appears, and seemingly, and again, this is something that 
you know, guys do. It's like on the outset, they want to be helpful. Like I think he even refers to her as a damsel in distress. Yeah. But it's like really you can sense that he's sort of taking the situation in and seeing how he can sort of spin it or angle it to his own benefit, if that yeah. makes sense. Like so he kills the crow, which is horrible. And he says he believes her that there's something weird going on. And yeah, he's looking around the garden, the lights go out again. And the naked it's, man is it's there. It's so tense. It's so tense. Yeah. Naked man so, is yes. there holding a load of dandelions in their big fluffy seeded state and he blows them into her face. And he's now transformed quite a bit himself from the yes. iteration that we saw of him earlier. So he's sort of covered with, there's leaves everywhere. And he's, yeah, he's he's in the midst of transforming, it seems. And so, yeah. so she inhales one of the dandelion fluffs and it flashes. She's crying. He's watching the font, his hand through the letterbox. So finally, yeah, she's run inside. This is all like a bit chaotic. So but she's I think, run. I think basically when he blows the dandelion seeds into her face and she inhales one, it's supposed to be like that's him. You know, we saw like the dandelion growing through like the deer's eye. The deer, like, yeah. And it's like, you know, like the spirit of nature is like reclaiming. So she's now infected with this when she breathes it in. It's inside her. And she's almost like tripping because when, she, when he blows them in her face, she's almost like aroused by it the way she responds like she has mm. like a bodily even if she didn't want to she responds physically and yeah she breathes this in and, and then it's almost like she's tripping a bit so yeah the images don't make sense after this because it's almost like she's no longer a reliable like, narrator because she's she's now her mind's now altered right and, and the thing is you wonder who in this whole story has been a reliable narrator anyways you yeah. know because you think it's her and then you're kind of again thrown into chaos because you're not sure so you do as you say you've got these flashes which but ultimately she runs in inside the house yep. and he reaches his hand through the letterbox which which she reaches toward and so he grabs her arm and so she stabs him and i can't even remember where she got the knife but so she got she grabbed the knife earlier on before when the policeman disappeared outside just before jeffrey turned up she grabs the knife and yeah so she's got this knife and yeah naked green man rory Kinnear shoves his hand through the letterbox and he grabs her arm so she sinks the knife into his arm and this is when this film goes from kind of folk horror, creepy, to full-on body horror in my eyes. Yeah, agree. Because <laughs> basically just pulls, because his arm is now stuck, like he's trapped in the door. Oh my god, this part, yeah. He pulls his arm through the knife so that the yeah. knife, is a knife, the knife is stationary and so he's yeah. pulling his arm through it. Oh god, like, like his splits his forearm, splits uh, his arm, splits his into, hand in two. Oh my gosh. Yeah, oh. it's it's a lot. It's a lot. Um yeah. and then you see that it's the kid and it's so yeah, so like the door opens or I don't really know what happens this next, but then we see that it's the young boy from the that wanted to play hide and seek with her and his arm is injured in the same way. His hand split is in two. In two. Yeah. And he says to her, like, you're so mean, or something like you're so mean. And he says something, it's like, I'll be the last chance you get. So I think she he's like, Oh, let's play hide and seek or something. And she's like running. I'm not really sure. She's hiding, I think. And then the front door opens, and it was the guy who was chasing her from earlier in the film. And yeah, then, it's, a, it's a, I just wrote blue shirts. We're not even sure yeah, who this guy is. We don't know who it is. It just some, we haven't seen him since. He was just the guy at the very beginning who was chasing her. And then the door opens again, or another door opens. Like the priest runs, enters. And it's the vicar. And this bit's horrible. Or the vicar, yeah. Yeah, he calls her a broken whore. He's been really creepy, like, talking quite a lot about, like, her sexuality. And her she vagina. Even, and then yeah, he accuses even, her. He says, the, the reason I fantasize about it, it's your fault. Yeah. Like, yeah. And, and she asks him, like, what are you? And he's like, oh, a swan. I'm like, what? And yeah, um, he's like, oh, what, how old were you when you lost your virginity? And she's like, none of your fucking business. And he's basically saying that he doesn't want to fuck a virgin. He wants to fuck someone who knows the way around a dick. Oh, yeah, he's like, oh, I can't concentrate because I'm thinking about you. And he puts his, like, and he's got the same weird split hand. And he puts it around her throat, which just made me gag. Ugh, and, and then she's, she's stabbing him. Yeah, basically. because he's going to rape her essentially. And, and again, you've got this echoing sound from earlier that she made in the tunnel and that's sort of repeated in the fount. And now you have it like on repeating, but as a round almost. Yeah. And it's loud and it's just, it's very disturbing. 
Yeah. Because it's very much in a juxtaposition to what's going on, right? Yeah. So you've got, it's this beautiful kind of choral, but played too loud. And yeah, it's just, it's almost grotesque with the sound and the imagery of like her stabbing him. It's a lot. It's yeah, <laughs> she's like stabbed him and kicked him to the floor. And then this part, I think I got confused. Cause I'm like, as she's running, is she in the house? Is she in the car? So, so it's confused. like she run, she runs to the car. Right. And she, ru and she runs, and I'm guessing the vicar is like, he's stabbed in the house. And so she runs over Jeff. Who... Yes, that was it. She gets in the car and drives and she hits Jeff, doesn't she? And so he, but he survives and pulls her out of the car really aggressively. And then he gets in it and drives off. And then he tries to run her over, but he crashes the car. It's all very scary and very intense yeah and then and then he get naked rory Kinnear is back and at this point he he has been fully transformed into the pagan green man and is pregnant so jeff like bows down to him mm -hmm. yeah like and we have this beautiful shot when when she gets pulled out the car when harper's pulled out the car she's like lying on the floor and yeah you got this great shot of her staring at like the milky way because there's no light pollution and she can see like she's looking at all the stars and it's like, is she still tripping from whatever the green man like blew in her face like i don't know what it is but it's just an absolutely beautiful shot that's like stuck with me yeah and then yeah like so like he naked rory Kinnear comes out and he's full green man and jeff bows down to him and then and he's harper, pregnant yeah and he's he... pregnant and harper watches as the green man gives birth quite graphically to another what? Rory Kinnear. And this is the little boy, like, version of Rory Kinnear, who screams, collapses, he's pregnant, and then he births the priest. Yep. The priest is kind of crawling after her, then he becomes pregnant, and at this point, the music, like, the sound effects, it's so intense. And so, he birthed, I wrote, he birthed out of his back, Jeff. Did he birth out of his back? Don't remember that. But yeah, I've just got is it Jeff now? Jeff stands and he's laughing and crying. And then he becomes pregnant and births out of his mouth. Out of his mouth, mind you. Yeah. Feet first. Feet first. Yeah, I wrote yeah. that down. But I love it. While this is happening, she just has enough at this point and kind of walks off. And while the bloody new like the Rory Kinnears are crawling after. And He's like the whatever I think he's like the Jeff version before he births her husband. He's laughing and she just picks up the axe. Which it's like, where did the axe come from? The axe was in the house. Like I'm not I can't remember how it got here, but it's here. And yeah, so her husband is born. I think his name is James, feet first out of Jeff Rory Kinnear's mouth. And at this point the sun is up. It's daylight, and the husband sits down. on the sofa. Yeah, he sits on the couch, and she goes and sits next to him, and he says that he just wants her love. Yeah, he's like, look at me, Harper, this is what you did. And she replies, what do you want from me? And he's like, your love. And she just looks resigned. Like, and then the, and then the title of the film, Men, flashes up, and then you have this sort of, like, after i don't know scene almost where her friend arrives because her friend had said like i'll be there in the morning and she sees blood like in front of the door and then we see that her friend is pregnant which i did not know and the pregnant friend sees harper just sitting like outside on her own and she just smiles at her and and scene yeah so <laughs> so the, the, the one thing that i didn't that I've got written down that I must have realized like at the very end is that all the wounds that the various Rory Kinnears get so like the split hand and one of them's like when one of them's coming after it's got, like a broken ankle and and like various wounds they're all the same wounds that her husband had when he died so when he felt when the husband falls from the balcony and he lands on that fence his hand gets split his leg his ankles on like sideways so all the wounds that he has are the ones that happen in the film so i wonder if the one rory kinnear that birthed the rory kinnear out of his back is because he was impaled the husband was impaled yeah. on the um, on the on the metal fence on the metal fence hmm i mean i think it's one of those movies where you can sort of take it any not any kind of way but you can take it multiple ways um like you said earlier he's sort of the embodiment of toxic masculinity and that is born from her relationship with her ex-husband and and yeah. all the trauma that she endured during that relationship and how it manifests itself in these various uh iterations of rory kinnear 
representing men, you know, and yeah. I, this is why I gave it for, for, for Rory Kinnears, because I actually thought it was really successful in making me feel afraid. I mean, I was afraid for her. And, oh yeah. And was, I think, it was and I think the, so what do you think is the, what does it mean? This like rebirth of Rory Kinnear over and over. Toxic masculinity begets toxic masculinity. Well, I think it's interesting that the injuries, it's sort of like generational trauma, right? Like yeah. the injuries that he sustains are present in every new version of yeah. of man or Rory Kinnear. And, and there's no healing. There's no healing about, about any no. of it. But, but my question, what does all that have to do with the green man? And him being pregnant and like the fertility aspect of it this part yeah, i'm a little that, bit unclear on that's the bit like i love like i'm i'm i love all that side of it obviously because you know pagan folk horror is probably the most perfect film subgenre there is for me yeah but i i struggle do you think it's think... healing do you think it's the idea of healing like that maybe nature heals but there's an element of men rejecting it like the yeah. green man, like the green man was the version that was trying to heal. Um, and then the others rejected it and thus continued the trauma to be, yeah, to be born like over maybe, and over again. Maybe, you know, like the, the green man is from the time when, I don't know, from like all those years ago. And, and it's as every generation like has brought new trauma and added it to it and made it worse and worse and worse. Yeah, it's, I'm, conf I'm, I'm still unclear. <laughs> I'm sure that somewhere there are articles that sort of explain it, or perhaps the director at some point completely broke it down. But I tend to try and avoid those things. Like, yeah. I don't need all the answers given to me. I like to sort of think, I suppose, think for myself and just think how how it affected me as Caitlin, as a woman watching this movie. And I really liked it. Now, it's not one of those horror movies I could watch again and again. And I think that's sort of because of the... The terror of it and and how close to home certain parts of it are yeah absolutely um not not just for me but for for many women you know being manipulated and guilted into staying in relationships that are abusive whether physically financially emotionally and then being strong enough to finally leave and still having someone try and ruin your life you know yeah. like um, the trauma that they've caused through their actions is now yeah and the process the healing yeah. process for that like very often, I think men are so dismissive of, I don't know, assault and things like this because, I mean, not always. Obviously, again, like, not all men. I know there's tons of really good men out there. I see you. I hear you. We love you. But, you know, I do think men can be dismissive of these, like, victims, like, not believing victims and yeah. not not acknowledging sort of the trauma that they have to go through to process what happened to them in order to move forward. And not having a full comprehension that this woman's life will never be the same. Yes, she's alive, but her life will never be the same. And so, because it was interesting earlier when you said about him, the husband, when he, did he fall or did he jump? And I feel like he probably fell. Yeah. I, I almost feel like he was too hell bent on. On proving like just, her wrong. Yeah. On proving her wrong. He'll never see me again. He's like, you know, fuck you, I'm going to come in right now. You, know, yeah. you, you think you've outsmarted me, let me show you. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I really do recommend this film. I think it's a, especially a fascinating one to talk about after the fact. I don't know that I'm fully getting the correlation between the reclaiming of nature and the green man and the what that represents in the overall narrative of the story. Um, yeah, me either. And... But again, visually striking you yeah. know re this really film striking it's just beautiful mm. and terrifying and very it's very uncomfortable but i'd be really interested like i kind of want to watch this film with maybe I'm, i really want andy to watch it well that's what i was kind of saying before like yeah to get sort of a male yeah. perspective on it because i think that'd be really interesting maybe yeah. we could do a compilation of like thoughts from some yeah from absolutely. From some guys and like put them in the next episode or something yeah that would be good because yeah, I'd be really interested to see what you know what what men what they thought and what they felt when they were watching it. Did they get you know? Did they find it as scary as we did, or as tense, or as uncomfortable? Like, were they mm. able to were they able to relate to that? Yeah, as a man, or 
yeah, it was definitely worth definitely worth us maybe coming back to that. Yeah, well, I would love to hear some thoughts on that. And yeah, and definitely. I mean, I do think part of what makes this film as scary as it is is playing on those fears that we have inherently as women, the vulnerabilities that we live with day to day. And I think it does it in a way that's not um condescending or reductive. Yeah. So I do appreciate that. Me too. So do you, does your score stay the same? Yes, just because I'm still very confused. <laughs> yeah. It's by no means a perfect film. Mm -mm, no, 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 definitely um, not. It's a very strong film. And I, I mean, if I was going to be really pedantic, I would probably bump it up a little bit, but not quite to a four yeah i i hear you and i do think there is something to be said as well it's going to affect every woman kind of differently yeah um and so i think you can't really understate that part of it as well but i will say i mean it was like you said it was beautifully shot the sound is incredible the acting is extraordinary i mean we already know Rory Kinnear and Jesse Buckley are excellent performers, but Rory Kinnear really kicked it up a notch here. Oh, I yeah. Mean, even the physicality of all the different characters, you know, they, they had, like, Jeff had these little kind of twitches. You could sense that he was not particularly, you know, used to being around women or comfortable with them. The vicar just oozed slime. Everything about his body language when he was—I'm guessing—you said it was the superimposed, like the his head superimposed on the body of the kid. But even the way that the kid—I thought it—it it was just they'd used CGI to make well, it yeah, smaller. Yeah. That, yeah, they probably did. But but even yeah. then, like capturing, like you're probably right, he's about ten or eleven, but capturing the the quickness and the darting kind of movements of a kid, like I couldn't help but notice all the physical detail that he'd added to each character so they were all extremely different and then with the green man you get this almost like he doesn't belong in this world and you get that at the end really obviously but in the first time you see him thinking oh is it just a homeless person no the police say that but even as an audience you can tell this is not someone who's just a homeless man yeah like this this is somebody of the forest who is grander and bigger and yeah seemingly from another world and he captures all of that in in his movement so yeah i found all of that very impressive me too me too and I, yeah i agree it's definitely i would definitely recommend people watch it so a full recommendation from both your horror hosts although a rare occurrence where i've scored higher although i was crunching the numbers the other day <laughs> it happens more often than we think i think you still skew slightly higher but yeah, yeah. No, not much not much we're, <laughs> we're pretty similar but yes so um thanks as always for tuning in to our... yes um i think we have uh i think we've got a few new listeners um so if this is the first time you've listened to us thank you welcome please go back and listen to our previous episodes most yeah. of them are good some of them are <laughs> Some of them are nuts, but you Some know. of them are a bit crazy, but yeah. Um, yeah, and I hope you've enjoyed this. Please rate, review, subscribe. One thing I will say is I know we try to release an episode a week, but we're both so busy with other things that sometimes we can't. And the episodes don't always come out on the same day. So if you do follow us uh, or like subscribe on whatever platform you use to listen to us, you will find our new episodes more easily because that um, service should then let you know when there's a new episode out yes yeah absolutely and so um don't miss anything don't miss us um and we look forward to the next few episodes before we get into christmas because yeah the list of christmas horror that i love a christmas horror i really me do. too <laughs> no, I'm I already, i've already i've that. already got at least one that i want us to do okay for sure we'll have to discuss that so. yeah <laughs> but yeah all right well in the meantime Brothers Keg, take us out. Bye. Bye.